Hi, everyone. Welcome to Joshua Live. I'm Gary Temple Bodley. When I first started getting interested in the spiritual stuff, I heard about the law of attraction. And so I thought this law of attraction, this is, you know, at the time I had lost everything. And so I'm thinking law of attraction, this is how I'm going to get all my stuff back. And so this is what led me to the secret and then to Abraham and eventually meditating. It was always trying to use this law of attraction to be successful and all that stuff. And then, of course, Joshua came still thinking I'm going to change my conditions and get my stuff back and have this life. But it's so much deeper than that. And this is why people get stuck in the law of attraction. In this episode, Joshua goes pretty deep into what the law of attraction really is. And now that I've been doing this nine years, I really understand the law of attraction as something different than what I was told before. There's so much more to it. And I think in this episode, you'll start to get an inkling of what that is all about and how it works and and how to really engage it and how not to engage it, you know, in a, in a way that's not going to get you what you do not really want. So uh, I think you'll really enjoy this one. Before we begin, we've got on August 15th, about two weeks from now, we're going to start a new round of Ascension Experience courses. This will be uh, people all over the world taking different courses, but we meet together. We have four calls a week and you'll have a partner and it's, uh, it is a thing that you take to change that mental construct. What we perceive in our reality is a result of how we perceive ourselves. That's our vibration. When we raise that perception of ourselves and our reality, we raise our vibration. We start to th see things that weren't there and we start to attract a different reality. In fact, I think Joshua explains it pretty well in this episode. So I encourage you to go to the website, theteachingsofjoshua.com, click on the Ascension Experience and take a look at those courses, whichever one lights you up. I suggest going with the alignment course if you haven't taken any yet, but you can pretty much start any of the first six courses or so. And once you take a course, you can do it over and over again as long as you like. You have free access forever. And of course, they're all 100% money back guarantee. But we are just finishing up with the 13th course. So I've been doing this almost a year and a half now. And I really understand what the how the series of 13 courses leads to the end result, which is ascension. It's your idea of yourself is expanded. Your vibration is higher, you have more clarity, you start to feel really good, you start to be able to process limiting beliefs very easily, uh, you don't get triggered by manifestation events nearly as much, hardly ever. And everything is this reflection of this new idea of yourself. The way to get started is to have this experience, the Ascension experience. We didn't really know what it was when we were starting, but now I can see what it is after going through the whole thing together. So. Check that out. If you have any questions, send me an email to garybodley at gmail.com. I'll explain it to you. Um, and I really think this is the best way to start. Also, if you're in your own business or in a professional career, we have a starting a business mastermind course that will use the first three courses of the Ascension Experience. And we'll do it together, just the group of us who's in business. It's me and Rob Turner and Jerry, and we're going to lead this and help us all to integrate the Joshua teachings with our careers so that we become so much more unique and fulfilled by our careers and successful uh, in the, you know, using the law of attraction, using all this stuff in a way that is authentic. And this is what everyone's missing is that they're not doing their careers authentically. It's more transactional. You you know, put in your time and you expect an amount of money from it, but it's not satisfying that way and it doesn't really do anything. So in this business mastermind group, 
we're really going to go to these core uh, teachings and then bring that all together so that we are satisfied. We have enough time. We have, we're making way, you know, enough money. We have freedom. We have all those things that really provide for a satisfying experience in that one area of our life. Uh, if you want to talk to me about it, I'd love to set up a call with you. Send me an email and we can do that. Um, otherwise, you can go to the website. There's the free meditations. There's the audiobook that Jackie Seiden narrated, A Perception of Reality. That's under, under books in there. Uh, people are loving that. And there's so much more stuff going on. So get involved. This is a great community. We have a Facebook group called Friends of Joshua. Check that out. Um, and lean into this as much as you like. It's really fun when you get going on it, and it will really take you to places that you didn't expect. Uh, it's happening to everyone. In fact, one of the things that's happening to a lot of people is as they ascend, they start to get these empathic abilities, and they start to see things clearly with what they've got. And some, some incredible things have happened lately. I'll explain more about that uh, in the future, but things are really, really, really taking off. I really appreciate you all for being here and supporting us to you know, leaving nice comments and reviews and sharing this with your friends and subscribing, all that stuff. It really is fascinating to see where we're going. So thanks for being here and enjoy this episode. We are thrilled to be here. Hi, Joshua. Hi, Joshua. Hi, Joshua. Have you heard about this thing called the law of attraction? Well, maybe the reason that you're listening to this now is because it piqued some interest in you. And what is it about this universal law, this basis of the foundation of the universe that causes you to perk up when you hear those words. Well, you think that by utilizing or leveraging this basic law of the universe that you can attract whatever you want to attract. And of course, that's true. You can attract whatever you want to attract. And as we've said many times before, what you think you want is a little bit different than what you truly want. What you think you want is often based in the lack of the thing that you want. But if you become this deliberate creator, you shift that perception or even the definition of what you want you sort of let it go. You sort of don't so much care about what you think you want or what you need or what you lack. You sort of come to this perception of yourself that you are the creator of your reality, meaning the source of your reality, the energy of your reality. Everything that you've attracted and you're attracting this all the time, you're creating, you could say it could be the law of creation because essentially, you work with a vibration and that vibration ignites this law of attraction. It receives feedback from the universe. So it's a mechanism of a reflection of this vibration. So if you were to want to manifest something specific, you'd have to raise yourself to the vibration of that thing so that you are, are an equal vibration. And once you've reached that vibration, then that thing that you want is revealed to you in your reality. Now you must be aware of the mechanism of this. What you think you want is always there. It's always been created. The moment you birth a desire, it is created and it's held for you in escrow until you come to that vibrational alignment with the thing that you want. Along the way though, you'll have to go through a series of changes so that your vibration changes from where it is now to the level that the manifestation exists at. So this, this thing that you want, the experience you want, the person you want, the health you want, the relationship you want, the job you want, the house you want, anything that you want exists now. You can't see it. 
you don't think you're worthy of it. You don't think you're capable of getting it. You don't think that you have enough money or time or whatever it is. You don't think it's right for you. You may have some limiting belief about it. And that prevents you from taking these actions that you would take to take this journey from where you are now to the eventual manifestation of that desire. So you must see it as a journey. It's a journey from where you are vibrationally to where you will be vibrationally. And so every single thing is this journey. Your life is a journey from one vibration to another vibration to another vibration, always changing, always moving, always modulating that vibration up and down and in and out. Well, for most humans, what they're doing is they're not aware of this vibrational power of the vibration that's emanating from them or even how to adjust a vibration. If you can think about it, the vibration of fear is one vibration and the vibration of love is another vibration. They're at the opposite ends of the spectrum. So you might say that fear is a limited vibration because in fear it limits you from doing the things you're inspired to do. And love is the highest vibration because in love there is no fear, therefore you would just simply do whatever you're inspired to do. The missing link in a lot of the definition of the law of vibration is this journey. And in the journey, the journey requires action. The action taken will alter that vibration because once you take some action, you have an experience and that experience adds more information that might've been missing before. And so you exist now after the action at a elevated vibration or an expanded vibration. The journey of life is simply the journey of expanding that vibration and that vibration expands through each and every experience that you have countless times a day, countless, countless experiences that you have thoughts that come to you, people that talk to you, things that you try to do and fail, things that you try to do and accomplish, things that you think are good, things that you think are bad, judgments that you have about all these things. It's all part of this expansion. So whether you manifest anything or not, from the non-physical perspective, you are expanding with each experience and you cannot really have a period of no experience unless you're in a coma or something. But even then there is an experience that you're just not aware of. So this expansive experience of life is good as it is. That's valuable and you will reap the rewards of that expansive experience. When you return to the non-physical, you'll see it for what it is, the perfect life for you. But what if you could sort of do things a little bit differently? What if you could engage this law of attraction to manifest the things that would bring about more experiences of love, more experiences of self-discovery, more higher level experiences, well, this is where you're all at now. The reason that you found this information is because you're ready for those higher level experiences. You've had enough time exploring the inauthentic self in fear. You've had enough time pretending you were someone else by propping up and holding this form of a persona that you've created to get others to like, love and respect you. Now, why would you do that? Why would you create this persona designed to allow other people to like, love and respect you? Because Fundamentally, you think that to be authentic would be to risk rejection, loss, failure, and to encounter some negative emotion. So you apply this rigid persona about who you think you are, and you refine that persona in interactions with other people. So one persona might be the way you interact with your parents and one persona might be the way you interact with your mate and then you have one for your friends and one for your coworkers and so on and so forth. So you really have a whole shelf of personas and you take them off the shelf depending on the situation you're in. But each of those 
personas because it's designed to get you what you think you lack, which is like, love, and respect from others, is inauthentic. And it doesn't really represent who you are. What represents who you are is this authentic version of you. And that authentic version of you is the same version of you that exists in the non-physical and then is brought down or beamed down to earth to exist in this physical reality to discover that the authentic version is what you want to discover. That that is what this journey is all about. That this eons of timelines of life after life after life in fear, in denial of who you truly are, creating new personas all the time, doesn't work. What works is being authentic. And it just so happens that authenticity engages the law of attraction more exponentially than anything else, more effectively than anything else. The authentic version of you has no trouble creating anything because the authentic version of you exists at such a high level of love that there isn't a lot of fear there. But to get to that authentic version of you, you'll have to go through all your fears. You'll have to recognize that all of your fears are illusions. And how could you possibly discover that a fear is an illusion unless you move through that fear or have some experience with the fear to discover it is not true? So imagine that you might have a fear of roller coasters before you've ever been on a roller coaster. And once you go on the roller coaster and you come out of it alive and you had a good time, even though it was a bit scary, you build confidence because you've, through the experience, you've gained information. And this is true of every experience. But what a lot of you are doing and what a lot of humans are doing is hiding out in fear, not wanting to, to confront these fears or move through these fears or have anything to do with the fears because they perceive that the fear causes negative emotion. And that's not quite the case at all. While negative emotion arises whenever there is a fear, it's not the fear's fault. It's the misperception of reality. You see, you have to misperceive reality to believe in any fear. The fear of loss is your greatest fear. And the fear of loss prevents you from becoming authentic. Underneath the fear of loss is the fear of rejection and the fear of failure. Both are tied to that fear of loss, loss of money, loss of respect, loss of people's admiration or people's love or people's appreciation of you. All of these things are these massive fears that you are hiding out against because you're worried if you do something, if you were to be authentic and you were to show yourself and be vulnerable and to expose yourself for who you truly are, they might not like that. And so what you're doing is you're tiptoeing around on eggshells, making sure that you never trigger anyone else. And this is a limited life. So the whole idea of being a good person, abiding by what society deems as respectable, is quite limiting. Now, if you were to go back 50 years, that was much more limiting than it is today. You will have much more freedom of expression, much more freedom to practice any religion, much more freedom to share certain aspects of who you are, your sexuality, your sexual preferences, these sort of things you are more open in this society than ever before. And the society will become more and more and more open when those of you become more and more authentic. And as you become more and more authentic, you inspire others to be more authentic too. Now, it just so happens that when you are authentic, 
you are living in less fear, you're acting on more inspiration, and you're attracting many more manifestations and experiences. And this adds to your confidence and clarity because with each experience, each expansive experience in love, you gain such clarity and such understanding of what's actually happening here. You must understand that the masses are living in this illusion caused by fear and they are believing that everything that they fear is true. Then there's some of you who are able to completely change your approach to life and then look at all the things you do not like or think is wrong or bad and restate them as good and right. When you do that, you eliminate the fear or lessen the fear to a tremendous degree. When you lessen the fear, you'll be in alignment because the fear is the thing that causes you to go out of alignment or the misperception of reality. When you lessen the fear in your life, you're in alignment more often and you receive much more inspiration and that inspiration then when acted on will lead you to greater levels of clarity, authenticity, abundance, freedom, and everything you truly want. So the idea here is to move from this limited version of you of your persona through the fear to the authentic version of you where there is less fear or the fear is less intense. In that process, you gain clarity to realize that all your desires and preferences and ideals and attachment to outcomes are all based in fear. And without the fear, you have no desires, preferences, ideals, or attachments to outcome. You just go with the flow of life. And this is what engages the law of attraction. And with that, we'd like to talk to you about anything you'd like to talk about. Who'd like to start? I have a question, Joshua. Excellent, Laura. <laughs> um, so lately, I've been feeling a lot of what I consider to be rational fear, like a physical fear around like the physical wellness of my body. And I also find myself kind of pro projecting this fear perspective onto others. And the big thing that keeps coming up for me, lots of manifestation events around like the concept of like violence or like physical pain. And I know we've talked about this before with like other topics like war and school shootings and stuff. And I, I understand it's a perfect part of the system, but I feel like this fear is so strong within me, no matter how many times I've processed it in my mental construct, it's still very strong in my body. And I feel like it's very important for me to soften this fear because I feel like it has something to do with how I'm here to serve. Excellent. So if you can please talk about that, that'd be great. Thank you. Well, we'll start by saying that this is an ascension experience that you're having, that you don't get to uncover the deep, dark fears until you've processed the surface fears. So it is very common for those of you who are doing the work in your manifestation event forums, you're doing the ascension experience for the boot camp, you are understanding that the, the things that are causing negative emotion are all based on this fear that is irrational, meaning that it can't do any physical harm to your body. It can't kill you. Getting inspired and asking someone else to dance on a dance floor, that fear is irrational because just a dance. However, once you've processed all those outer layer of fears, you get to the core fears, the fear of the dark, the fear of the end of the world, the fear of these things that you know are irrational in totality from the non-physical perspective because you cannot die, you cannot be hurt, yet you have to understand that humans have had these fears for eons. This is a primary 
survival thing. And now you're getting down to the core of this. And so now you're going to go through a phase where you're literally going to prove those fears false as well. Because you're the creator of this reality. And if you were to be attacked by a random shooter somewhere, you created that. That experience was for you. Now, from your human perspective, you say, I don't want to die. And of course, you don't want to die from that perspective. But at some point, you will. At some point, you will transition to the non-physical. And you must understand that that experience is as valuable as all other experiences that you have, even though that's your last experience. That transitional period from the physical to the non-physical, back home to the non-physical, that is also a valuable experience that you'll expand out of or from. You see it from a human perspective as if this is a bad thing. And this is a resistance that is core to this interaction with the physical realm. In the non-physical, this doesn't exist. In the non-physical, there is absolutely no fear of non-existence. It's not a thing. There's no example of, an, of anyone, anything, that has ever stopped existing in the non-physical. It's this eons long. So you have this infinite long experience of simply existing with this profound belief that you will always exist in the non-physical. In the physical, you know that you're going to transition to the non-physical at some point. And so you say, well, if I'm going to do it, I don't want to be shot by some random shooter or swept up in a tsunami or get caught in an earthquake. I want to do it on my terms. Well, that's control, isn't it? You're trying to control the outcome. And anytime you are exuding any control whatsoever, you're seeing yourself from the perspective of the victim. So the only reason you have negative emotion when this fear pops up is because you're looking at it from the perspective of the victim, which is not true because you are the creator. Let's say you have a fear of being in crowds and getting trampled in a crowd. And so you want to remove yourself or, or stay away from any crowds ever. Well, that idea is limiting because it limits you from going to concerts or going to some events where there's lots of people. Imagine you had the same fear of flying. And so you did not go on an airplane because it could crash and you could die. And then something would be happening to you that you didn't want to happen to you. And so you, now you don't go on airplanes. So imagine the limitations of someone who's afraid to fly who cannot go on, on airplanes. So all the fear is is just limiting. How do you get what you want if you have these self-imposed limitations of limiting beliefs? You look at them from a higher perspective. You prove to yourself that they're not true. You find evidence to prove that they're not true. You can use math and statistics to prove they're not true. You can then say even higher than that, from an even higher perspective, that I am the creator of this reality and that every experience I've ever gone through and will ever go through is created by me. Not by me, the human me, but by me, the inner me, the non-physical me, the me that has all the information, that knows exactly what's going on, that knows all the experiences that I intended to live in this lifetime, and that is always, always guiding me to the perfect experience. And you say, well, what if you're in a, on the beach and there's a tsunami and everyone gets swept up in this? 
how would I avoid this? One, inspiration. It's time to get up and go. Two, intuition. I just don't feel right with the energy right now. Animals, you can see that do this all the time. And so you get up and go. You could have direct communication. You could have accidental stuff where you miss the bus and never get to the beach that day. All of these things are working in your favor to make sure that you're living the life you intended to live. And if you end up dying in some spectacular event, you're gonna say from the non-physical perspective, oh, what a fabulous way to go. You have to understand that all death is suicide. You choose the perfect death for you. Now you say, well, why would anyone choose a prolonged illness? Well, from their perspective, they're very much concerned about the people in their lives not grieving over them. So imagine two scenarios. You have this big family and this big group of friends and you get hit by a bus and they say, oh, that's a tragedy. That's terrible. What a terrible way to go. But from the non-physical, that's the best way to go. Boom, you're out in a second. So you might want to stay around and have interactions with people while you're going through this illness so that when you do transition, they'll say things like, he's better off now. We miss him, but he was suffering. So he's in a better place, you see? So if you can go with this idea in your head that you're always choosing everything, you're always creating everything, every experience is for your benefit, every experience is for expansion, it's all expansion, you cannot make a mistake, you cannot fail, and you are always guided and protected in every moment. And that if you have an experience, any experience at all, that you're afraid of now, you have to know it's for your benefit. If you could adopt this perception of reality, that every single thing that's happening is always happening for you, and it's always leading you to exactly where you wanna go. If you're in fear, that's the sign that you're resisting where you wanna go. And if you take a moment and rethink this and say, oh, no, 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 this is happening for me because it's leading me to exactly what I want. I'm trying to hold on to what I got here. I'm trying to hold on to what I've already manifested. And I don't want to let go of that just because there might be something more. That's the perspective of the human who perceives themselves as a victim. The creator says, hey, I manifested all this, and I'm gonna manifest stuff in the future, and it's all gonna be wonderful, and I'm gonna look at all of it from a higher perspective and lean into it, and just see that it's a reflection of the vibration that I'm offering and have been offering, but as I'm seeing myself from this higher perspective, I'm offering this brave, courageous, true, powerful vibration of love. And in that, I am protected eternally. I will never, ever cease to exist, no matter what happens down here. Down here, you're just here for a blink of an eye. And then when you return, you can't wait to come back down. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much. <laughs> but just remember, it's a very, very, very good sign that you're starting to have these core limiting beliefs. Gary went through a period where he was very much afraid of the dark. <laughs> now, it's silly from the perspective of Gary, an adult, but from the historic perspective of the human, humans' main fear was fear of the dark for eons and eons and eons. And so he realized that when he got to that level, 
he was not only just processing it for him, but he was processing it for the mass consciousness as well. Yes, that's what I think I'm doing. Oh, that's what I know I'm doing now. Thank you. Yes, exactly. I most of my fears lately have been way more primal, like primal as I call them, as they used to be. So that's I'm I'm so excited that I'm I'm contributing. You know, like I'm helping everybody process this. That's so awesome. Thank you. Excellent. I feel better already. <laughs> Who's next? I just I have a question. Rashida. I was just wondering why yesterday I created a scenario where there was a jackhammer. Um, I went to the um, the mechanics to get my car serviced. And I really like doing that because I love my car. And I love the, I, I just like the idea of getting it serviced on time. And instead of sitting in the waiting room at the mechanics, I stepped outside because it's just nicer outside. But then there's this jackhammer. And so I went back inside. And I'm wondering why I created that jackhammer. Like once I went back inside, I started watching the uh, food show on TV inside. So maybe I was meant to go back inside to watch that food show because they were talking about vin using vinegar for a sauce. I was like, wow, what a cool idea. What? But eventually I did leave let's, at the end of, oh, sorry. Let's imagine <laughs> that there's two places you could go inside watching TV where it's an environment that's controlled and there's no sunlight and there's a there's a electronic device on the wall beaming visuals to you and you're engaged in that or outside where it's sunny and nice and there's the reality that's right there in your face and one has this jackhammer in it and one has the TV in it so you have an environment of outside sunshine nice weather, but noise, and then inside where it's basically the same noise, but somehow you're accepting it. So if you were to take a baby and you put the baby inside with the noise of the TV, with no context, they didn't understand what it was saying on the TV, and take it outside in the sunshine with the noise of the hammer, where they didn't say that the jackhammer was bad or wrong, they would probably prefer to be outside in the sunshine. To them, the noise of the TV was similar to the noise of the jackhammer, and they didn't have a judgment over which was bad or anything. They didn't have any judgment. It was just, that's what's happening outside, that's what's happening inside. I prefer outside because the sun's shining and there's a lot of cool things to look at. You are judging the jackhammer is bad or wrong because you have determined that the noise it makes and there's nothing wrong with you determining this, it's very common. The noise it makes is bad and wrong. It's irritating, it's loud, hurts your ears, distracts you from everything else you could be looking at. But what if you didn't think the jackhammer was wrong or bad? What if you were like the baby? What if you were neutral to all of it? What if you could be in the presence of a jackhammer and be at peace? What if you could be in the presence of a waiting room with sick people and screaming children and be at peace? What if you could be in the presence of a loved one who's going through some difficulty and be at peace? Well, this is what you're learning to do. You're learning to drop your preferences that are distracting you from who you truly are. And you're saying, oh, why did I create this jackhammer scenario? Well, for the non-physical perspective, you created it so that you can get at peace with everything that you think is wrong or bad. Because if you're 
complaining about what's wrong or bad. You're going to be avoiding those areas and staying away from these things and preventing yourself from experiences with anything that could be wrong or bad. And that is limiting. Well, you didn't come here to live a limited expression of life. You came here to live a limitless expression of life in love. And this is the process of moving from fear to love. So the universe throws out a manifestation event in the form of a jackhammer, and you're like, why did I create this? I don't see myself as the creator of my reality if I create these things I don't like. And we say, it's because you don't like them that they get created. It's the law of attraction. If you loved jackhammers, then that jackhammer in your presence, you say, oh my God, you wouldn't believe it. I created the thing I love the most. There was a jackhammer right there. We promise you it's your perception of reality. If you love everything, you have a life filled with love. If you hate everything, you have a life filled with hate. You get to choose whatever you want. And you say, no, 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 no. Here's what I want. I want to use this law of attraction thing to attract only the things I like. And then we say, like everything, and that's all you'll attract. And you say, that's cheating. That's not true. I don't want to like everything. I don't want to like famine in Ethiopia and war in Ukraine and shootings here and shootings there. I don't want to like that. We say, why not accept it? Why not at least accept it? If you accept everything, then your conditions are acceptable. In those acceptable conditions, you can find your alignment. Your drive to create what you think you want while trying to keep away what you think you hate or think you don't want is just control. And so if you try to use the law of attraction to control your reality, you're not working with the system, you're working against the system because control is based in fear and law of attraction is based in love. When you have a manifestation event and it points out something that you don't like, like the jackhammer, and you call yourself a lousy creator because why would you create that? You're looking at it from the perspective of the victim who says, I want to erase all these annoying things out of my life in order to feel good. The conditions are making me feel bad and I want to change and control the conditions. You change and control the conditions and you're going to attract more of what you don't want. You're going to explore the inauthentic version of yourself. That inauthentic version of yourself is quote unquote the victim, the victim who perceives themselves as reacting or having emotion caused by outside conditions. So this jackhammer caused you to feel negative emotion or be annoyed or whatever, even however mild it was. And from the victim perspective, you say, if it wasn't there, I'd feel good. So the answer to my problem of not feeling good is to get rid of the jackhammer. And that's the perception of the victim. It doesn't work that way. The answer is to embrace the jackhammer that's there. Okay, here's a jackhammer. Well, is it really annoying? Can I look at it from a different perspective and see, look, it's doing its job. It's tearing up the pavement and they're going to put brand new pavement there. And it's, this is part of how the city evolves and takes shape and gets better and better and better. And where we are now, maybe in the future, they'll invent some silent jackhammer, some Someone will become a vibrational match to the idea of a silent jackhammer, and wouldn't that be interesting? But right now, I get to live in 2022, and there's these things called jackhammers, and they're helping to create a better city. So look at the guy who's trying to control it, 
Look how strong he is. Look how he's wielding it and just chipping up that pavement. You can look at everything from this higher perspective. That will reduce the negative emotion. When you choose to see everything you think is wrong or bad as acceptable, you've won half the battle. Now you're not acting on urges to explore the inauthentic version of you. Just look at it as good. Just try and look at it as right. Just choose that higher perspective and see if you don't feel a bit of a relief. And then redefine what is annoying to you. And make that definition such that it'll be very hard to find anything annoying. Gary used to be completely annoyed by babies crying on airplanes. But now he just thinks, how cool is that? The babies traveling all over the world, the parents are at ease, bringing them back and forth. Sure, they're probably a little bit upset about it, but it's not bothering me. I put the headphones on and watch a movie, don't notice it at all. Now there's no babies anywhere near him. He never hears a crying baby in an airplane. It's as if they stopped existing. But if there is one, he looks at the higher perspective of it. He's not trying to control his conditions. And when you stop trying to control conditions because you're choosing to see yourself from the perspective of the creator, then when that baby is crying on that plane, you try to find a reason that you've attracted that into your life for some good cause. So after one hour's worth of waiting in the waiting room, I felt uh, the need to go outside and I took a different um, exit out of the building went for a, a long walk around the block, completely forgetting about the jackhammer. But at the end of the block, there it was, the jackhammer. <laughs> and I got a little annoyed, but then I just said, okay, I'll, I'll cross over this way. I'll avoid the jackhammer. But was that, was that my inner being guiding me back to the jackhammer to get over it? Just until you get over it. Your inner self is bringing you back to anything you think is wrong or bad that is limiting you from moving on to a higher state of consciousness. You have chosen to come here to discover yourself as the creator of your reality. And so the first step in that is to realize that everything you think is wrong or bad is based in this perspe perspective that that thing outside of you caused you to feel negative emotion. And that perception of reality is not true. It's false. It's the illusion. So you've done great work to get to this point, but there's some little annoying things here and there that you're still wishing were different. And if you ever find yourself wishing for something, that's the perception of the victim. How could a creator wish for anything? The creator chooses a perception of reality that matches who they true, truly are authentically and then just watches how all these things come in. Good things, from a previous perception of reality, good things, labeled as good things, and bad things, labeled as bad things, from a previous perception of reality. From a neutral perception of reality, they are just things, and they don't mean anything. But they're guideposts along the way, and they're the reflection of the vibration you're offering. So when you offer the vibration of love to the jackhammer, and appreciate the jackhammer and see it as good and wonderful, then you're raising your vibration to more love. When you look at the jackhammer and you say, why is this here? It's so annoying. Why do I always bounce into these things? How come I can't have any peace and quiet? You're offering the vibration of resistance and you're making the jackhammer even bigger in your life. Does the jackhammer pick up on my love if I express love? Everything in your reality is you. 
So the jackhammer is a representation of the thing that annoys you. If you offer love to that thing, you're offering love to yourself. You're letting yourself off the hook. You're giving yourself love. If you're, le if you're avoiding the jackhammer and separating yourself from the jackhammer, you're separating yourself from an aspect of you. When you're embracing the jackhammer and seeing it as good and positive, you're accepting that aspect of you. Now, you don't have to tie that to what that means, but just take it with a relative. A relative who's annoying, in the non-physical, you know them eternally, they're connected to you eternally, you come down, you play these roles in the physical, they choose to be a relative, and they annoy you. Whatever they are doing that annoys you is something stuck in your vibration, and they're the reflection, the feedback. So when you distance yourself from them because you don't like how annoying they are, you're distancing yourself from a connection to yourself and to that person. And what you want to do is you want to realize I'm the creator of this. I attracted this loved one into my life and I want to redefine what I think is annoying about this person and connect even deeper and deeper and deeper. When I return to the non-physical, I'll say, oh my God, that was incredible how I was able to overcome this annoying aspect of you and we were able to connect even deeper. You won't know what it is about that person if you are hiding out and disconnecting. Why they're in your reality, what connection that you have, what deeper understanding you can gain, what information you can get from, from the interaction with them how they are there on your journey of self-discovery, unless you push past your fear, the annoying, push past the annoying and connect. So anything in your reality, anything at all that you are disliking, annoyed by, trying to keep away, you're disconnecting from aspects of you because your reality is you. So anytime you feel annoyed, anytime you feel like you don't like something, anytime you feel in fear, Look at what that is and why it is, and then look at it from another perspective. It's always the perception of reality that's flawed that causes fear. Annoyance is a form of fear. And when you act to control that fear, you're acting as a victim and you're exploring the inauthentic version of you. When you change your behavior and you look at that which was once annoying and you look at the positive aspects of that thing, you change that vibration you raise that vibration. You come closer and closer to who you truly are because who you truly are in the non-physical loves everything, jackhammers included. Who's next? I'll go, Joshua. Lizzie. Hi, how are you? Um, yesterday you sent out an email about pain in the physical body manifesting, you know, being associated with a limiting belief. So, And I guess my question is, if you're experiencing back pain and you want to get a massage, is that control and urge to change of condition? If you've thought about what is the limiting belief and you think you processed it, if you still have pain, can I assume you haven't processed it? No. There's two scenarios here. One scenario is you have pain, you go to a doctor, and they give you a prescription for pain medicine. You take the pain medicine, you try and numb the pain, and you don't even identify, resolve, or process the underlying issue that was responsible for the resistance that ended up as pain. But however, once you do that work, once you feel the pain, realize it's a underlying limiting belief or 
manifestation of resistance in the past that's now come into the body, stored as possibly hurt feelings, anger, disillusionment, distrust, whatever that is, and it comes into the body, and you're able to go in and write it out, talk to your inner self, let the wisdom flow from within, and you realize, oh, I was in resistance to this marriage, or I was in resistance to my best friend doing this to me, or I was in resistance to my mother when she did this to me, and I felt hurt by that, and I carried that with me, and I always protected myself from that emotion because it was so painful. Okay, then so that caused me to have this limiting belief. Let's see if that limiting belief is true. No, it's false. I have all this evidence to prove that that is false. That's false, that's false, that's false. And now you've resolved the underlying cause of the symptom, which the symptom is the pain. Doesn't mean the pain is going to go right away. It means that you are now inspired to take a trajectory towards certain actions that will alleviate the trapped trauma in there. So it could be massage, it could be acupuncture or Reiki, it could be surgery, it could be whatever it is. Whatever you're inspired to do that accommodates to the belief system that you have at the time, the first thought pops up, let's have a massage. That's enjoyable, that's nice, why not? Now, you're not counting on the massage to fix the problem. You've already addressed the underlying problem, and you see this as a series of events that will allow your body to release the trapped issue at hand. Let it go. And so, quite possibly, the pain could go away overnight, but you're not thinking that this work I'm doing in defining my limiting beliefs and looking at past traumas and releasing those past traumas, that's not to control the pain. That's to alleviate the resistance that's within you and raise the vibration so that you see yourself more as the creator of your reality. Maybe it's the impetus to do the work that was caused by this issue, but the issue itself or the work to resolve the issue cannot be used as a form of control. So you want to release your attachments to outcomes. I'm inspired to go get a massage. While you're at a massage, you enjoy the massage. You come home and for an hour and a half, no pain. And then the pain comes back and you say, oh, the massage didn't work. And that whole idea of getting something to work is control. What you, what you want to realize is that you're a on a journey from one vibration to another vibration. If the pain is necessary, it'll stay with you because it's still a message for something, a reminder of something. If the pain is not necessary, it will not stay with you. But what you have to do is accept it either way. Accept it as a partner in life in your body forever, and if it goes away, it goes away. See it as something that's there to remind you that's beneficial, that you may be in resistance from time to time, or you have been resistant in the past, or that you're maybe open to inspiration to do all sorts of different things, eat differently, exercise differently, have massages, have Reiki, have acupuncture, have hormones, have whatever it is that you're inspired to do, but don't see these things that you're doing as a way to relieve the pain. Acclimate to the idea that the pain itself 
is neither here nor there. It's simply a reminder. And if I need a reminder that I'm there, that I'm very happy it's there. And if I no longer need the reminder, then it can go. But what I'm doing in this process of discovering limiting beliefs and choosing a higher perception of myself, raising my vibration, seeing myself as a creator, has nothing to do with the pain. The pain is just there. It has to do with my spiritual growth and my journey of self-discovery. It has to do with feeding this energy of expansion and clarity that I set forth prior to my birth as a pre-birth intention. That's working out perfectly for you. You're here. That's all you need to know. But if you think that being here means something's going to change in your life that you don't like or that you want to be different, then you're still looking at yourself as a victim. Isn't it amazing how radical an idea it is to say that if you perceive yourself as a victim, you're going to experience a life of victimhood. And if you perceive yourself as the creator of your reality, you're going to experience a life that's much richer and fuller and freer and happier and easier, even if it's exactly the same life. Now you would say, of course, the things have to be different for me to be happy, but your perception is a victim. So it's not until you get to this level where you start to really perceive yourself as a creator, where you really accept every condition in your reality. And in the acceptance of that condition, it's a far more interesting, satisfying life than in resistance to everything in your reality, even if it's the same reality. But you promise you, because you will get more inspiration when in alignment, and if you act when aligned, act on that inspiration, you'll have far more experiences, and those experiences will be based in love for your benefit of growth, and you'll see them as that, then that perception of reality also changes the conditions. But if you want to do all of this, if you want to engage in law of attraction, if you want to do all this work, simply to change conditions you don't like, it's not going to work because your perception is still back in victimhood. But all you know so your whole life is this perception of reality of victimhood. So transitioning from that perception of reality to seeing yourself as actually the creator is something brand new. It's something that you're learning and you're still thinking, still thinking, what if this, what if I make a wrong decision? What if I change this? What if I do this differently? What if this bad thing happens to me? It's still the remnants of this old belief system. So for some of you, it happens very quickly, two, three, four, five, six, seven months. For others like Gary, it took nine years. Some of you are quicker and slower. It doesn't matter. This is an eternal process, but there's nothing different at the end unless you see yourself differently because how you see yourself is how your reality is created. Excellent. Who's next? Yes. May I? Yes. Harold. Okay. About the personas, uh, what you told uh, uh, earlier today. I know that for years that I'm acting differently in different situations. Yes, that's how you how know you have a persona. Yeah, but how do I know what's my authentic, uh, who I'm authentically? How can I know, uh, wait, how can I change it when I'm noticing that I'm a persona that, um, yeah, how, how do I move to, to the desired in, uh, in this case? The first step is realizing that you have personas in different situations with different people. I know. 
Most people won't recognize that. The second part of that is to realize that you created that persona over the years of your life for certain purposes. To get a job, to stay employed, to get a mate, to stay married, to get a friend, to stay friends, to get your parents to respect you and like you and love you and admire you and, and be proud of you. All these things, to get the teachers to like you, all these things, to get strangers as you walk into a coffee shop and order your coffee, you do it in a way so that they'll like you. So you're always doing this, always doing this, it's just how you've established this. Now, to come to more authenticity, let's imagine you've had a thousand lives. And so every lifetime is coming to more authenticity. That's a thousand life journey to where you are right now, just to the recognition that you have a persona in the first place. Last life, you didn't realize that. And if you think about yourself in the last life, say in the year 1900, you're wearing a suit and a tie and you're discriminating against this person and you're thinking women can't vote and you're thinking that poor people are bad and rich people are bad and everyone's bad and people are foreigners are bad and all these things are bad. That was your persona as well. And you really cared about that persona because a hundred years ago it was quite more important. And now you're living in a much more free society. The thing that's preventing you from becoming more authentic is every single thing you fear. If you fear rejection, well then how you order your coffee is different because you wanna make sure that you order it quickly and you say the right words and you say your name clearly and you're not on your phone and you're, you're in line properly with everyone else. You're not too close to the person in front of you or too close and you don't make conversation with anyone because that might dis disrupt the whole thing. So you're acting in a very rigid way in day-to-day -day life. Now, what if you cared less about what people thought? You might be more free. What if you cared less what they thought, a little bit less what they thought, you could be more open and vulnerable to people who come into your life? What if you considered yourself the generator of every single aspect of your reality and that you're sitting there having your coffee, someone walks in, catches your eye, you're just inspired to look up, that person lights up to you, you have the inspiration, go say hi to that person, even though maybe that's not your culture, even though that you think that they may think that's weird coming up to a stranger, and you push past the fear and go to talk to them. And then you have an interaction with that person. And that you view whatever happens in the interaction, whatever the outcome is, you view it as a positive outcome. Whether they get annoyed at you and say, why are you bothering me? Or whether they get interested in what you're saying and become lifelong friends. Whatever it is, you've pushed past fear to act on inspiration. That always leads to authenticity. And that's more, it, listen to your inspiration and act on it. Yes. The reason you don't act on inspiration is because you're being inauthentic. The reason you're inauthentic is because you have fear. So if you could imagine the authentic version of you that you will never attain, that version of you is completely neutral and without any fear whatsoever. The idea is not to suddenly become that version of you, but to move incrementally towards that version of you, leaving behind the false persona, knowing that it's false, knowing that it serves you not at all. It's simply limiting. The more you rely on that false persona, the more you're going to fear you're going to have when you receive the inspiration to act.
the more you make that persona malleable, the more you'll act on inspiration. Every time you act on inspiration, you become a little more authentic. Every time you act on an urge to change the conditions, you become a little less authentic. Anytime you get triggered by a limiting belief that's been activated by some manifestation event of someone saying something to you or interacting with you somehow, anytime you're triggered, you have a choice to make. You're going to dip down in the consciousness of fear and you're going to receive urges to change and control the conditions and you may say something back to that person that is inauthentic. It's not aligned with who you truly are. So if someone honks their horn at you and you honk your horn at them, there's nothing wrong with this, of course, but just that action is inauthentic. You're a being of love. So anytime you act out of alignment with that idea of who you are, you're practicing your inauthenticity. You're exploring your inauthentic nature more often. To become more authentic, you act less on urges to control the conditions, even when you're in fear. You act more in love, more often, more of the time. You consider your needs less and the needs of others more. You think about others in an empathic way. You have empathy for them. You think what their thoughts might be thinking. You think about how you can serve them. When you're open like this, even though you could face rejection or failure or loss, when you stand up bravely in the face of the potential for rejection, failure, and loss and act anyway, you're becoming more authentic. The more authentic you become, the more power you wield in this reality. If you could imagine your inner self, your inner Harold coming down, sitting next to you, being powerful, having no fear within them, having complete understanding of the mechanism of physical reality and who they are, knowing them in their own authority. You might think they're being a little rude or abrasive or obnoxious, but that's coming from your perspective that's limited. Who they truly are is magnificent. Who you truly are is magnificent. Now, there's no real difference between the two of you. When you were born, you were that pure version and then you adopted limiting beliefs along the way and you adopted society's beliefs and you adopted rules and regulations and ways of being in order to be accepted. Because if you weren't accepted, you'd be rejected and that would bring him fear, the fear of rejection. Without that fear of rejection, you're authentic. Without the fear of loss, you're authentic. Without the fear of failure, you're authentic. So the more you can push past those fears or put those fears in their proper place as illusions, the more authentic you are. The more you act in kindness and love in the face of fear and being triggered by limiting beliefs, you move towards more authenticity. The more often you do it, the more you're exploring this idea of authenticity. And in that you get power and power and power. You get inspiration, you get confidence, you get clarity, you get empathic abilities coming online, you get everything you truly want. All of it comes from moving out of this illusion of fear and into the truth of who you truly are. You are all magnificent, limitless beings of love, pure love and acceptance, accepting the conditions as they are now, knowing they are simply representations of an old vibration that you are consciously adjusting by acting more in love, more in alignment with who you truly are. You're a being of love. So when you act in love, you're acting in truth and authenticity. 
And when you act in fear and urges to change conditions, you're acting in inauthenticity. So this is all you have to think about. When I act, is it in love or is it in control? Am I trying to change someone because I'm being triggered or can I be empathetic to where they are and offer kindness and love and connection? This is where the world is going. You are all moving there. You're just on the forefront of this experiment with this new approach to life. As you practice this new approach to life day to day in love and alignment, you move towards more authenticity. There are others out there who are very authentic in what they do, naturally authentic, but most of the population is living in fear, propping up these personas that are not true. When you can realize that everyone else out there is living in fear and has their own persona, you can give them so much leeway because you know exactly how the mechanism is happening. You know they've designed this just to get like, love, and appreciation from others. You know that they have a persona and they're hiding behind it. You know that they're afraid to tell you who they truly are. And you can be empathetic with them. But when you meet someone who's authentic, you're going to have to get out of your shell as well because they're not going to allow you to stay small. When you start to see yourself from this higher perspective, you're going to start attracting others who are also existing at a higher vibration. And you're going to be uncomfortable in proximity to them if you're being inauthentic. The only way to be with those people is to be authentic. They're going to eke out the inauthenticity out of you. They're going to dismiss it and they're going to crave the authentic nature of who you are. Your friends and family living in fear want you to be inauthentic. They want you to maintain that persona because it doesn't trigger them. The higher vibrational beings that you'll meet as you raise your own vibration want you to be authentic. They want to see you for who you truly are. So stop worrying about what people think while you're being inauthentic and start realizing that when you're authentic, that's when people see who you truly are. And that's where you have all of your power. And with that, we are complete. Thank you. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you, Gary and Joshua. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Yeah, so the law of attraction is a little bit different than we thought it was. And the way you engage it is through ascension. It's by seeing yourself from a higher perspective, seeing your reality from a higher perspective, seeing all the people in your life, building those relationships, expressing love, and just having fun, just enjoying yourself and feeling good, and making feeling good your number one thing in life. You don't have to do anything in this life. No one's going to care. There's nothing to accomplish. There's nothing to do. It's all about joy and having fun and seeing things from a perspective that allows you to stay in alignment and then getting some more inspiration and doing some more exciting things. That's all. This, this world is a playground. And we're thinking it's like, you know, a school or something or something dense and hard. It's so easy when you start seeing it for what it is. And the best way to do that is just to take one of the Ascension Experience courses. Just take one. And in that four weeks, that's going to change the way you look at everything. Then you could take another one or do that one again. It doesn't matter. But, but all the stuff that you're taking seriously is because you're looking at life from the perspective of the victim. Once you start, and even I do it, of course, but I want to do it less and less and less and less and less. And when you start 
easing up on this and easing up on yourself and everyone else, you start to just feel so much better and you start to just get so much more inspiration and have so much more fun and, and so much more freedom and abundance and you can do anything. My life really, you know, it's just been spectacular since Joshua came up almost exactly nine years ago in August of 2013. I couldn't imagine how this all would turn out. It's just unbelievable. And that can happen for all of us. I mean, that's why you're here. You're here because you have some intention to discover who you are and to see through this illusion caused by fear and live in joy. That's why you're listening to this. So take a Ascension Experience course if you're in business for yourself or if you're in, in a professional career. Join us in the Mastermind Group. Send me an email to garybodley at gmail.com. I'll explain it all to you. Maybe we'll get together for a call, whatever you want. And then just take that one thing and go from there. There's no big commitment. It's easy to do. It's guaranteed money back. Uh, you can take it over and over and over again. So don't worry about the timing of it. Just lean in and get involved in this and you'll start to see things that you didn't see before. And that's when things get fun. So thanks again for being here. And until next time, have a wonderful week. Bye.